tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Oh, Ted's favourite whiskey of all time is overrated. <laughs> Can a bourbon ever truly be great? Tune into Whiskey Waffle, the only whiskey podcast that discusses how ants waltz. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Hey man, how you doing? I'm good thanks, dude. I'm good thanks. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to relax. I'm nearly relaxed. I haven't had a sip of whiskey yet. Once I've done that, I will be relaxed. A sip of whiskey will certainly relax you. It's been quite busy lately, so yeah, you you look like you're in need of a relax. Yeah. I feel like I'm in need of a, of a relax. So let's have a sip of whiskey. Relax is now the uh, euphemism for uh, drinking whiskey. So uh, what did you get up to after work? I just had a bit of relax. <laughs> if you know yep. what I mean. Yeah. Mm. Ah, that's cool. much better. Yes. I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling ready to go. Yeah, nice. Mm. Uh, uh, should, should we, shall we tell the uh, lovely listeners at home, Ted, who we are and what this podcast is about? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They might be just wondering what these two random dudes are talking about. Sort of yeah, relaxing. they've got podcast shuffle going on. It's yeah. like, what is this? Like, vaguely recognize the slurred tones of these boys, but I can't quite figure it out. Yes. Hello. My name is Ted. And my name is Nick. And we are Whiskey Waffle, Tasmania's number one whiskey-related podcast. Yeah, I like to think Australia's most number one. The world? Yeah, well, you know, um, Mr. Gillespie might have a thing or two to say about that, but we're certainly the uh, the number one in terms of the finger on the pulse of the Australian whiskey scene. Let, let's say that we're at least one of the top whiskey podcasts in the local cluster. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, you know, and how can you, how can you measure quality anyway, Teddy Boy? That's what I ask. How do you measure this level of quality? Yeah, well, it is very subjective, but I feel like the people who listen to this are very refined and oh, yeah. have, have good taste. They know what's what. They yeah. do indeed. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, yeah, drinking a lot of wine recently. Yeah. yeah. Not so much whiskey? Uh, less whiskey, actually. So I need the, the excuse to get the, uh, the dram glasses out once again. Yeah, I find that left on my own devices, I tend not to drink that much whiskey. It, it's more in your company. That's that's what I really love about whiskey. Well, drinking whiskey that I get to uh, get to do it with you, um, and then we have a dram. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I suppose um, as a Patreons would know, I have been in Geelong for the past few days. Mm, um, exciting, wondering that is Geelong. Yeah, wandering the mean streets. Uh, Mm. And the pleasant streets, you know, the friendly streets as well. Yes, well, I did, I did go through the mean streets and then I ended up on the uh, nice street. Yeah, excellent. Which yeah. was, it's, it's a bloody long street too, but it has a lot of good uh, restaurants there. Oh, yeah, so. nice one. Yeah. yeah. So you find anything exciting on your walk, Ted? Um, yes, I I found that I got lost. <laughs> um, I, I was trying to find uh, Packingham, Packington. Well, something like that. Paco, as the locals know. Yeah. And I I took a bit of a wrong turn near um, Geelong Stadium and ended up right down the very far end um, <laughs> instead of um, about halfway up where I was meaning to be. And I found some pizza, which was delicious. But then up the other end, I found a place where I had some whiskey. Ah. Yeah. Um, you had to walk all the way back up. Yeah, I had to walk a very long So I was, I was definitely in need of a dram. Yeah. yeah. Um, but after that adventure, I can we can now exclusively, exclusively reveal that Whiskey Is My Jam's nickname at university was Boot. <laughs> this is what you find out around yes. Geelong Whiskey Bars. Yep. Yep. Heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Except for Boot here in New York. <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, nice. Well, um, on the episode ahead, we um, we we thought we'd, it's been a while since we've done something lighthearted and sort of countdowny. So, um, I saw an, an article out there um, from First Fill Whiskey, which was top five overrated whiskies, which I've not checked out yet. But it gave me an idea that um, Ted and I should come up with our own top five overrated whiskies, um, and then we should reveal them one by one yep. and see what our definition of overrated really is. <laughs> um, see if we can offend anyone along the way. It'll be interesting. See if we can offend yeah each other each other well i was just yeah i was thinking i wonder if we'll have anything that we go what what do you mean <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> possibly possibly yeah i've tried to throw in at least one controversial one that i don't yeah. know if i'm fully behind or not but i'm saying just for, no i don't know i think i am behind it but yeah gosh i wonder if i wonder if we're gonna sync up on the same things <laughs> you know, like, we'll, we'll say one each and be like god damn it that was mine <laughs> yeah well i fully expect that our number one might be the same yeah mm. but anyway um, shall we move right along to the waffle? Yes. Speaking of overrated things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just summing up the Whiskey Waffle Pot. That's it. We've got it. We've finally got our title. Australia's most overrated whiskey podcast. Whiskey Waffle. That's it. Five star reviews only. Thank you. Yep, yep. <laughs> as long as we're just not that good. <laughs> we don't live up to our five star billing. That's us. The Waffle. All right, it's been a while since we've done a top five. Yeah, man. Yeah. But it's it's time we've um we've busted Molly Meldrum out um, <laughs> to help us with the countdown. Yeah, yeah. Countdown. <laughs> yeah, we've got the the lowest production values ever yep. seen on Australian television. I feel like our production values are are a bit more sort of um Doctor Who season one. <laughs> they're 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 a little bit wobbly at the sides and you can occasionally see um the hand operating uh, the the um slightly suspicious looking monster. This is it. Whiskey waffle, you can see the strings. <laughs> yep, that's it. Well you you be the judge, um wafflers at home and you know, feel free to come up with your own top five and see if we match up with any of yours. It's always fun when you're shouting at your car sound system when um the whiskey that you think is the most overrated of all time hasn't been mentioned mm. the reason that is is probably because we forgot about it yes um you know there's many whiskeys out there yeah um but I, i'm more interested in the reverse fixture is in like we list something that you're passionate about and you think is underrated yeah yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there's a bit of a difference here between just a merely bad whiskey mm. and one that's overrated it might still be quite a good whiskey but exactly it's it just yeah get gets probably more love than it really deserves yeah this is it there's a, there's a lot of hype there's a lot of uh people yeah. that talk about it mm. um so we could pick a, a bunch of really good whiskeys in this list um or it could be like a really bad whiskey that gets a pass mark and so we think it's overrated as well yeah. so um or it could all be to do with the market and the price yeah well um flip a coin there you go um looks like you're going first all right then all right then i will jump in with my number five pick and um yeah i like to reiterate the fact that i'm um, what ted said it doesn't mean it's a bad whiskey i just think that it is overrated for what it is my number five whiskey is the yamazaki 12 year old yeah mm. there you go yeah now i've had it a few times haven't had it for a while mm. though and you know why because way out of my price range these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we, we first had it down at a local bar in town. We quite liked it. I think Ted bought a bottle and we, we drank that one pretty fast. Mm. Um, it was quite an affordable bottle back then. Yeah. What did you pay for it? About 100 bucks or something? Yeah, it was, it was around about that, I 
think if it wasn't slightly under 100, it was about 110. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which I thought should was a really got, good... Should have got a case yeah. of them. A really good mark for that whiskey at that stage, and I think that's probably about the sort of quality that it was. Mm. Um, the second bottle Ted bought was a bit of a out-there purchase because you, we could see the way the wind was blowing and thought he'd overspend a little bit on, on the bottle, which I think you still have unopened. Yeah. Yes, I do. It was $200. Yep, yep. Now, these days, $200 is an absolute steal for a bottle of Yamazaki 12-year-old. Yeah, I should really get rid of that at some point. Um, <laughs> Pass it on to a loving home, do you think? Yeah. That's prepared to pay for the uh, privilege. Yep. Yes, yes. Well, are you a loving home? Would you like a bottle of Yamazaki 12? Uh, get in touch. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's funny you should say that because um, my my um first one was actually going to be Anything Japanese with an age statement on it. <laughs> well, we're, we're on the same path here then, too. Yeah. I, I'd like to extend it beyond um, the Yamazaki 12 because I think ba- basically, like, Japanese whiskey as a category is very good. I, we have had some quite bad ones, like uh, the uh, the Akashi, yeah, the, white the, white oak, oak. the White Oak Akashi. Yeah, there are some of those um, new brands filtering mm, in that are not the same um, quality of those early ones. The, like the Iwai, Mars, Mars Iwai, or mm, whichever one that was, one, yeah. that was a bit... Yeah, I th- I think there's some ones out there that are a bit dodgy, but stuff like yeah, Yamazaki, mm. Hibiki, Hakushu, um, yeah, Miyagikyo, Yoichi, Yoichi, yep, yeah, they're absolutely all, stellar drams. They're really good drams, mm. but gosh darn, they are expensive. It's it seems like if you stick a number on a Japanese bottle these days, the price just goes way out the wazoo, and yeah. it's good, but it's not. Like, mm. but um, interesting. We're both thinking along similar lines, right there. All right, then. Shall I go to my number four? Yes. Um, so sometimes we're specific about a whiskey. Sometimes we're specific about a distillery. I've kind of um generalized a little bit of this one. This is my probably my most controversial pick. Yep. I'm going to say anything entry level from the distillery that you have on your Glen Can. OKD. Yeah, yeah. Old Kempton Distillery. Um, one of Tassie's absolute favorite sons. And um, yeah, there's very few that I've tried that I've been like, I have to own a bottle of this. Mm. There's, no, there's nothing that I've frothed the mouth over. And so many people do froth at their mouths over OKD. Um, and yeah, it's always been a boutique sort of flavor. And sometimes a little bit um, overly oaked, sometimes a little bit um, overdone. Like uh, I've liked some of the Solera releases they've done and the occasional like single cast and things like that. But um, just as a general release, I wouldn't uh, just flash out and buy a Old Kempton, whereas um, there's a bunch of other local distilleries that I would not think twice about adding to my collection. Yeah, no, 100%. And look, they, they do have some really good solid releases um, out there, but... That you do have to pay a bit more for them. Mm, yeah, you're right. It. You're right on just that entry level there. So, speaking speaking of local distilleries, I'm I'm going to uh, grasp the carrier pigeon and throw it at Jake's cat. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> for new listeners, please please refer back to earlier episodes <laughs> to know what the hell that just meant. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I would always like to one up you on the um oh. on the OKD. And I would like to um, take my sword to a massive hype dragon. Yeah, I think I know uh, what you're going to say. And I'd like to um, slay the Sullivan's Cove. And you were going to say Sullivan's Cove. <laughs> yeah. Which, look, I think they are excellent whiskies for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. I do remember we went to Sullivan's Cove last on a particular whiskey trip that we did. <laughs> and so at that point... That we were drinking the Sullivan's Cove, we were quite 
merry, shall we say. <laughs> it was it was at the end of the day. And We've I been feel to three like, other distilleries. I feel like that lowered my natural sort of inhibition level and maybe maybe my sense of politics and also thinking about all the other things. And I remember rather drunkenly saying to you, as we were trying these whiskies, like, no, they're fine. <laughs> Not the best that I've had today. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I I think that they definitely hold that legendary status because of HH525 mm-hmm. and because of the deserved hype that they gave the Tasmanian whiskey industry. Whether the whiskies that they release sort of really sit in that rarefied air and deserve those massive price tags that they get... Maybe maybe I'm not entirely qualified to say because I haven't been able to afford and drink enough of them. But yeah, but you have tried like that that day that you mentioned. We just tried mm. a few eighteen year old um, and some very rare and old um, mm. different jams that they pulled out for us. So, I um, will say that I have had some exceptional Sullivan's Cove. Yeah, really. Well, I suppose well. there's a, there's a couple of ways of thinking at it because um, I'll uh, I'll answer this by less less merrily responding in the way that i did in that same uh whiskey trip that you mentioned because um yeah i was i rebutted your mm. your um proposal all the way back to our drop-off point <laughs> at yeah. the end of that trip and the um driver who'd been driving us around all day just sort of sat in the front with his popcorn just <laughs> watching yeah. us go at it um and then we started arguing afterwards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was such an awkward trip yeah. <laughs> well at least for the driver <laughs> yeah no because um yeah, overrate is absolutely the discussion to be had. Um, there's no doubting the quality because obviously all the different awards they've won. But um, I actually think that perhaps Sullivan's Cove is a distinct flavor. And if you don't necessarily get on board with that flavor, then you're not going to sort of see the reason that it is so hyped. Whereas I've always quite liked the flavor. But we talk about sort of, um, uh, what is it, sucking on a metal spoon? Yeah. Um, or sort of uh, apple brandy sort of things mm. that we've talked about. Um, and also, damp fridge. Damp fridge. Don't forget damp fridge. These are our Sullivan's Cove tasting notes. Um, and yeah, I've always, um, I've always quite enjoyed that aspect to it. And some of the more deluxe models that I've tried, and usually it's the French oak cask, the blue label one, and I've always found it quite exceptional. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that whiskey in particular is the right level of hype. It's the right level of rated, but perhaps some of the other ones, um, the double cask, for example, might be a bit overrated. Mm. And yeah, the, uh, the, the fact that it is so expensive and so rare and you can't get it um, is going to contribute to that factor as well. So, you know, is any whiskey worthy of that level of hype? That is the question, because um, if anything's built up some hype, it is Sullivan's Cove. And it's always going to be a disappointment, really, isn't it? Yeah. Compared to that. Um, I'm going to go on to number three now. Okay. Um, and this one is a whiskey we've had and we enjoy it. In fact, we, we rated it quite highly. Um, but I'm wondering if this this could be another another similar sort of thing where um I'm already predicting that our number ones are going to be very similar or mm. if not the same. Then um, this might be on your list somewhere as well. So I'm going to say Pappy Van Winkle's 21 year old. Now I was I had been seriously considering that one. Mm, yeah, it was on your. It didn't actually make it on honorable my list, mentions. I I was yeah um very much contemplating whether to add that one to my mm, list still probably the best bourbon that i've ever had although there's a few other yeah it's, it's one of the most expensive drams we've ever bought and mm. it was probably slightly underpriced for what the um, market value is these days yeah exactly so so do do tell me more about why why you consider this oh well rare it, rare butterfly of a 
the thing is, it, it is it is expensive. We already just mentioned that, mm. but it's also highly, highly acclaimed, mm. highly sought after, and highly rare and highly unique at the same time. Uh, <laughs> it is, um, yeah, quite a um, sort of fan favorite, a cult figure yeah. in the um, world of bourbon, and it is, is exceptional. It's really, really good whiskey. It still tastes like bourbon. <laughs> you know what? My my argument of why it was deserved that place was it's just a bourbon though. <laughs> yes. So you know, uh, there's so many Americans raging at us at the moment right now, and uh, T Trout. T Trout is actually I can I can see a um, rocket flying through the sky at the moment. <laughs> yes, um, headed for uh, headed for Bernie, but um, yeah. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, you know, can I can I Berman ever truly be great? That is the mm. the question that the, the can of worms that I am opening here, the Pandora's box that will not be be shut again. Um, and uh, I'm expecting a full flurry of responses as to a list of great bourbons, but uh, yes, maybe all the great bourbons are slightly overrated. Okay, so my number three, mm-hmm. I was going to lay down on the table the Johnny Walker Blue. Oh yeah, yes, but I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm actually going to pick something more controversial than that. Here we go. I want to actually put on the table the Johnny Walker Red Label. The Red Label's overrated. Yes. Because there are people out there that do rate it. Well, it's it's not... Now, this is, this is where we partly get into the confluence between a bad whiskey and also an overrated whiskey. Mm. Because the Johnny Walker Red Label is one of the most widely used, drunk, popular whiskies in the world. Like, we, we have to look at this slightly objectively that we, we both don't think it's a good whiskey at all. I don't think a lot of people think <laughs> it's a good whiskey at all. Yet, and yet, it is by far one of the most drunk whiskies in the world. It may be drunk with Coke, but I, I still feel like that qualifies it for this overrated category because... So many people consume it. So many people consume it. So many many people willingly consume it yet there are so many better whiskies out there <laughs> like why choose the johnny walker red when there are objectively so many better whiskies out there and i feel like johnny walker red is just so ubiquitous and everywhere and people for some reason drink it <laughs> whereas you may remember that i was stranded at my mum's for there for a bit and the only thing i could find whiskey related to drink was a bottle of red and it was it was an act of a desperate man it, it was definitely a bad decision at the end of the day. <laughs> and yet people drink it all the time. Yep. Can, uh, you, can you see where I'm coming from with spe- this? Spend another 10 bucks and you can get monkey shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Spend, yep. spend a little bit more, you can go to the um, uh, the black. Even that's marginally bad. And that's probably overrated too. <laughs> Which, yeah. if Some, you, if, someone just the other day told me that, the you know, they, uh, they've got probably 80 whiskeys in their collection, but they don't think there's anything better than the Johnny Walker Black. Yeah. <laughs> See, he asked me as he asked me to put coke in his whiskey. <laughs> uh. So anyway, that that was that was a, a slightly tangential thought mm. that I had. No, I appreciate the rant. I appreciate the rant. <laughs> All right then. Well, shall I take us to number two? You're gonna have a number two. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, then we'll get back to the countdown. Yeah. So just uh, wait for a minute, listeners. No, uh, the number two on my list. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought about this because I had to have this distillery on there somewhere. But I tried to think of a specific. Um, release of theirs that I thought was one of the most overrated. And it's hard to say if it is the most overrated because um, uh, we've only tried one of them and it was exceptional. It was really, mm. really tasty. Mm. It's bloody overrated though. So I'm going to I'm gonna put out there the Lark Para. 
Yeah, right. Okay. Mm. So um, I, I thought there is a lot of overrating going on with Lark at the moment, sadly, um, just because of their sort of repositioning themselves in the market as a very, very highly sought after whiskey, mm. but also the sort of declining quality that we've noticed over the last sort of five to seven years. And so what sort of represents that? untouchable sort of status well it's probably one of their best whiskies they've released there um the paracask we had one of them i can't remember exactly which one uh, but it was a thousand dollar bottle yeah i don't think we've ever had a thousand dollar bottle before and um it was great it was great yeah i can, would can can agree with that can i would i would confirm i would splash out 300 dollars on a bottle of that exactly that's there where, uh, lies the that's problem. where it stops <laughs> yeah what was your number two ted well my number two is not necessarily one whiskey or one distillery i want to throw out there whiskey club hype beasts oh here we go clear to be proudy yeah it's more of an issue and i think i don't know that it necessarily just sits with whiskey club could be other ones too but it's it's whiskeys that get really really talked up and like this is going to be a, an amazing thing and then you get them and like that was all right, or mm, that was a bit odd. So a, a really, a really good example of this one is um, a recent one is the the poor old Pequeno, mm. um, that Kiwi one. Yeah, where copped like, a bit of a beating that one. Yeah, the the whiskey club went all in. I was like, this, like, can you imagine if if you were uh, um, at ground level in the Tasmanian whiskey scene? Well, they said uh, it's like comparing it to owning yeah. a first first release Sullivan's Cove. Yeah, exactly. Um, which you've also claimed is overrated. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then just the the proof was not in the pudding. Yeah, the, yeah. Like I'm not saying that Whiskey Club hasn't also released exceptional things too, but I just I just find them and others. There is sometimes this tendency to really, really hype it up, mm. and then when you get it, <laughs> it's just not as good as you're wanting it to be. No, this is it. And a lot of the times, the hype is about the sort of novelty or the fact that they've got exclusive access or something like that. Yeah. So it's not quite the same as. Yeah, this is the best tasting whiskey you will ever have. It's like, this is a very rare and exciting and special moment for us. Uh, this whiskey is so unique. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes, well, there you go. I'm sure that everyone's had an experience similar to that at least. Um, but, you know, do we all agree on which are the overrated ones? That is the question. Mm. All right, then. Are you ready for my number one, Teddy Boy? I'm ready for your number one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because it has been mentioned. I think the most overrated whiskey in the world is... Wow, so Johnny Blue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, you mentioned it already, and you sort of took it on a, a slightly different uh, tangent, but um, I, I still think it's worth a mention on its own merit. The Johnny Walker Blue label is the one that... Um, People who not don't necessarily understand whiskey, but they will they will drink it and often you know pretty much always mix it. But I've got this one special bottle that I will sometimes have with just ice, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Johnny Walker Blue. Uh, it's but, a yeah, beautiful bottle. Oh. It is. They've gone all out in the packaging. Yeah. It's a nice heavy glass. The box is great, uh, and it's not a bad whiskey. It's just not a great whiskey. But man, that's the thing with a blend. Like, how great can you make a blend? Um, you've got a blend for certain characters and the Johnny Walker blue is blended for just like just excellence and yeah. excellence can get a bit dull and lifeless and uninspiring if it's sort of blended to within an inch of its life. All right. Mm, time has come. So, you know, you know, before when I threw the carrier pigeon at Jake's cat. Yes. What? It's getting worse. Well, he's about to call Hartwood overrated. Well, the, um, 
the carrier pigeon actually escaped that time, <laughs> but I caught it. <laughs> and now this time I'm actually I'm actually personally slicing it into pieces Ooh. and fe- feeding it delicately to Jake's cat. <laughs> um, you're 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 going to throw me a really weird look over this one and probably be quite angry. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put the like of all in sixteen out there. Oh, Ted's favorite whiskey of all time is overrated. <sighs> is it overrated by us, Ted? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. Look, we've loved this whiskey forever. It's been our number one, like one of our number one whiskeys that we've we've had. It's it's part of our personal personal story in whiskey. It's it's part of our uh, origin story into whiskey. But is it as good as we really think it is? This this is the question. Like, and especially now that the price is going up. Mm. Oh, absolutely. The price is going up. It is um, definitely not the same uh, sort of accesses as it once was. Um, is the hype still the same as it's always been? Because it has always been a hyped whiskey to us, and we are guilty for contributing to that hype. Mm. I mean, I, I will say that I was, uh, I was going to go the easy route. And throw the Macallan out there because the Macallan is the easy one, and it is we we should we should definitely mention Macallan yes, yes. as a highly overhyped yeah. whiskey, which thoroughly deserves that number one spot yep. as a as a over overhyped brand, and the drams that they produce as being a bit overhyped. I don't definitely don't think they are as good as all the the major hype that goes around them. Yeah, Macallan were on my shortlist as well, but then I I wanted to really question our existence and our identity and put something challenging in there mm. what's it what's what's your take um yeah every time i think we built this thing up in our in our minds so much it, it can't be as good as we think and then i tried again and then i'm like nope this is as good as i remember every time i've gone back to it i don't uh actually i do own a bottle but i don't own an open bottle but every time i've, I've gone back to it again it's always it's always satisfied me it's always um giving me a happy pete snort yeah, and um, every time I think, you know, this is just, you know, this is this is our beginners, um, Peter Whiskey. This is, mm. you know, there's much more complicated things out there. But then, it's never disappointed me. It's always, uh, it's always made me happy. It's always stroked me lovingly on the inner thigh. I mean, it's always made me really happy too. <laughs> it still makes me really happy. I just, <sighs> it can't be as good as we make it out to be, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's it's looking at it and going. Is this all just in our heads? Mm. Are we are we looking at this through um, uh, amber tinted glasses? Are we are we looking at it because it is one of the foundational whiskies of our of our um, semi amateur careers? Yeah. Are we are we are we part of the problem here? Sounds like it's the topic of another episode, Ted. Lagavulin like mm. sixteen revisited. Yeah. Let's have a quick look at what um what first fill whiskey. Stuck up. I'll just won't uh, go into his reasoning, but I'll just flick through the YouTube video. So number five is um, already controversial. He's put this Springbank ten-year-old. Okay. Hmm. But I mean, Springbank is getting more and more, more and more expensive, harder to access. I feel. I feel like um, yeah, Springbank does deserve to be on there. They seem to fly it off the shelf in no time. Are they that good though? Hmm. Number four, he's gone for something in the Macallan range. Which I think is uh, what we've already discussed. Yep. Um, okay, so number three, he's stated Octomore. Ooh. And, now um, there's a there's mm, an interesting one. Seems to be more pointing towards their later releases, which uh, which is you know I suppose fair enough. Um, number two, here we go. Interesting take, Ted. 
Lager Wall in 16. Oh. So there we go. You've opened the can of worms and um, it looks like you're not the only one out there. Um, you know what the number one is? Hit me. Blue Label. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> yep. 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 It looks like we're on a similar page to some of these mm. others, but uh, what do you think? Yes, you. I'm talking about you. No, no, no. Not that person next to you. You. What do you think is the most overrated whiskey? Do you have a top five? Feel free to let us know. We like carrier pigeons, um, either physical or digital. Um, shoot us an email at whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. Patreons, jump into the comments, give us a list. And uh, yeah, we might read out a few on the next episode. Yeah. Pretty sure that some of you guys will have fairly strong opinions. Mm, yes, yes, indeed. So, um, yeah, hit us up and, um, yeah, also scream at us for the ones that we mentioned. We love a bit of screaming. I'll, I'll leave that to your imagination <laughs> as to where you want to take that. The whole, yeah, the broader ethos and mm. the cultural penetration, if I may use that <laughs> term. The Whiskey. I guess we were talking about overrated whiskies. I didn't want to throw Archie Rose into that category at this stage because I feel they're very early on in their their journey. But um, yeah, I guess they're still going to be a bit hit and miss with yeah. their with their whiskies. And um, yeah, I'm still not sure they've found their place in the whiskey drinking market. They're certainly doing something interesting with their different um, malt types. Yeah, absolutely. They um they do have one of the broadest mash bills mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, there's not too many people playing around with like crystal malts or roasted malts, and they also do stuff with like native uh, cast types and things. Yeah, so all sorts of different um, experiments going on. Um, Some of them are delicious. Some of them are only okay. Yeah, that Ironbark release mm, was a bit yeah yeah interesting. It was. It's just a bit much, I think. It's just mm. a bit much. It was good to try, but you you don't need to go back for a second dram. And yeah, will this whiskey be another one of these? There's less mystery in the name because it pretty much states out the front that this is a rum cask. Yeah. Now, tell me a bit about rum. So rum is another distilled drink, um, but this is not made with a grain. This is made with um, essentially sugar. To be more specific, molasses. Okay, so how what what's what's molasses when it's at home? Uh, well, how, basically, how do you get that? yeah, yeah. Uh, when you are making in the process of making sugar, there is a lot of uh, I guess extra product that is that is unrefined, which is sort of left over and um, yeah, unable to be turned into nice little white grains of sugar or even brown grains of sugar. Um, so it's basically a thick, sweet, gooey muck, which still can be used in cooking, still can be fed to your horses, and still can be fermented into alcohol. Yeah, interesting. Now, this particular race, because this is Archie Rose and they've they've got to muck around with things, they have not just used one molasses here. Of course they haven't. They've used three different types of molasses. So they've used high test molasses, B molasses, and raw liquor molasses. Which I don't really know what the difference between the three are. Yeah, no, my molasses knowledge does not extend that deep. I've used uh, Blackstrap when I've been um, tinkering, um, shall we say. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's it's just one of those sort of, uh, you get it at animal feed shops type thing, but it's a lower grade. But yeah, maybe Archie Rose are not going to settle for that. Mm. Um, it's got to be human quality at the minimum. Now, rum is... Rum is typically associated with the Caribbean, but we do make it in Australia. And um, the molasses itself is from, from uh, producers from New South Wales. 
And the barrels, rum barrels are very close to home as well because they are Archie Rose's own rum barrels. Mm, right, yep. So they've uh, made a few different spirits, Archie Rose. Obviously, the gin is quite successful and they played around with rum as well. So then they've, you know, it makes sense that they can stick their single malt, which has been previously aged in barrels like ex-bourbon and ex-apera, that is Australian sherry barrels. Um, so they've also stuck them into a rum cask for the final period of their maturation. Yeah. Now, one other little thing I want to mention, I want to throw out there. This whiskey is 58%. Yeah, it's certainly a um, high-strength cracker. Mm. Oh, and it still continues the theme of all these different types of grain. It says the malt's on the side of the bottle. There's pale malt, amber malt, caramel, aromatic, roasted, chocolate, and also peated pale malt okay, as well. So they do use a little bit of peated in there, not to, not enough to make it a, a smoky sort of whiskey, just enough to give it an edge. Yeah, I think it's still up for debate whether... Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but also also whether the using all those different malts really gives sort of that much of a different character to just using one or a couple. I, I, I'm certainly not going to disagree that change the character of it, but yeah, is is it just just a bit of flim flam mucking about for the sake of it? Or yeah, is it like really could they genuinely... could they achieve the same thing with pale malt and yeah. caramel malt? Yeah, only. Yeah, but Ted, they would be less unique if they did. <laughs> no, I think they wanna they wanna like patent this blend like this is theirs. You can't copy this yeah. this blend. So, well, I think apparently they started trying to actually trademark doing any sort of blend of malts, but then you know that didn't stand up. So they just <laughs> no. have have they heard of America? <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so, laughs> um, so instead, they've uh, yeah, just this particular balance that they use is is a specific Archie malt recipe, and you can't steal it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's so out there that you probably wouldn't want to steal it anyway. Mm. Um, I know Adams in Australia, they do a lot of um, uh, using caramel malts and dark crystal and things like that. And um, I notice a bit of um, similarities between the two. I think it gets this sort of coffee latte sort of note um, or almost sort of like a, yeah, a vanilla, but almost a sort of coffee note that is present there on the nose. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, how about we have a bit of a sniff so you were mentioning coffee characters. Mm. Is that is that something in general that you find with Archie Rose or something more specifically with this one that you were... More specifically with this one, um, but it, it's that note that reminds me of some of the atoms that I've tried. I think there's a bit of sweetness there. Mm. Yeah, it does smell like it's going to be sweet. It's a dark colour as well. Yeah, it's it's certainly quite a heavily, heavy, sort of oily, perfumey. Yeah, this oil. is it, like... Do, do you guys at home do this? Do you smell like the top of the glass and the bottom of the glass? It's something that Ted and I do sometimes. Yeah. You know? Smell. And, and the middle as well, I suppose. That was um, Mark Littler who taught us to do that. Yep. Um, I get lots more at the bottom of mm. the Glen Can because it, I think it is quite a heavy, viscousy, yeah, hot, it's ever, heavy, ever heavy vapors. Mark taught us about that. I, it's something I always do and I mm. always um, go try different lays in the glass and see, yep. see where the different volatiles are coming out of. Yeah, no, this one just sort of oozes over the edge of the glass. It doesn't sort of zip up to the top and evaporate it. It's, yeah, it's like a um, it's like a fog machine in the theatre. Just yep. sort of rolling around, these sort of oily clouds rolling along the stage. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to go in for the sip. Oh, certainly sweet straight up. Mm. You get You get that real sugary kick. Not sugary, 
it's it's probably a bit too well, saccharine. Yeah, um, it's treacly. Yeah, treacly. It's immediately tempered by the alcohol hit mm. that follows straight away afterwards. It's um yeah, quite lively, quite spiky because of that, because of that hit there. Yeah, coffee grounds on the end. Mm. You're you're absolutely right. Bang on the money with that coffee theme. This is it because it starts sweet on that initial hit, but it finishes quite bitter. Mm. Um, transitioning through that sort of alcohol or hotness. I think the sweetness really fills the palate. Yeah, it does. It doesn't necessarily like ooze gradually over your tongue in the way that I sort of suggested that it might from the nose, but it certainly covers your entire tongue. But maybe it's more like a, a series of ants sort of jumping on a trampoline over your tongue, like bouncing it. around. And I, I certainly also think that 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 sharpness of the sugary rumminess, molassiness, molassiness. <laughs> is boosted by the high alcohol percentage. Yeah, I think so. I think so. No, I'm um, sure grab some some water and bring it down and see where it's where it's drinking. Do you want the spoon, Ted? I'd like you to spoon me. <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh, hmm. I'll see what you say about it. First yeah, yeah. <laughs> this always this always happens. I'm always the water guinea pig. Yeah. I think you'll find that a water guinea pig is a capybara. Oh, right. Yeah. It's changed the nose. Yep. It's really um uh, sort of biscuity now. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, sweet biscuits. Even more so like ginger nut biscuits. Mm. Yeah, it definitely doesn't ooze the same way now. It's um set the nose free somewhat. Yeah, that's quite good. Okay. Would spoon. recommend. <laughs> A spoon full of water Probably, yeah, helps don't, the don't whiskey put all of it in. go down. Ted has joined me in the, in the water dark side. What do you reckon? I, I have no idea what I would have even brought it down to. It started at 58. It's probably now about 52. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It it does take a bit of that edge off the nose, certainly. Mm. I'm getting a bit of Turkish delight there, I think. Mm. Don't you think it maybe makes it a little bit more drinkable? It just, yeah. it just softens off, off the palate a bit. A bit more approachable, isn't mm. it? Mm. I mean, the the original strength is all right, but it, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's less um, tiny ants dancing on the trampoline of my tongue now. It's <laughs> they're, uh, they're more sort of um, waltzing gracefully. Yes, yes, indeed. If an ant waltzes... Do you think it stands up on its hind legs or does it have four <laughs> legs on and then just holds on with to its partner with two? It's waltz time, Ted. Three on the ground, three in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tune into Whiskey Waffle, the only whiskey <laughs> podcast that discusses how ants waltz. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not actually bad at that, mm. that strength. I quite like that, actually. Mm. I was going to say, it's not often that we actually decide that we like things better with a bit of water in them. Yeah, no, this is it. Normally, we put the water in, it's like, nah, we've ruined that. Yep, so he threw me in the deep end, the, the capybara that I am, and uh, yeah. taking him along for the ride. Yeah. Well, and Ted, I think it's time that we gave this one a score. And I'm a little bit less certain about what I'm going to give it now after adding that water. Yeah. I think, and I think you'll, you'll agree with this, at original strength, it's a three-star whiskey that we quite enjoy. Whereas at this strength, which we've magically put it to and which mm. we probably can't replicate, yeah. it's a three-star plus whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just made it that bit more approachable and refined the flavors a bit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say that um it's a three-star whiskey at 58%, it's a three-star whiskey at 52%. But the fact that I can do both, that mm. just bumps it up to a 4 for me. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. I like the fact that it can do both. So there we go. Um, well, Patreons, hopefully you, you can uh, drink your first half of your dram at 58% and maybe add a drop of water and then uh, see what we're going on about for the second half. Well, do you think that it works? Mm. Does it actually make it better or do you think that we're just idiots? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ruined the second half of your dram. <laughs> 
And then I was like, right, it's time. Bring us the blue. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. We don't actually have it. We told you we did. <laughs> yeah. Mystery whiskey. All right, Nicholas. It's that time again. What time? It's mystery whiskey time. What? You mean that's why you gave me a whiskey in my glass after asking me to close my eyes while you poured it? Yep. I should have seen this coming. I will I will just throw out the caveat that this is a fresh meat <laughs> mystery whiskey. So it's a mystery to you, except you know what it is. It's a mystery to me as well. Well, let's let the viewers in on your secret. Shall we cut to Ted in the future? Certainly will. Okay, so this is Ted from the future, confusing Nick with a, a a bit of a mongrel of a whiskey, actually. So this is the High West Campfire, which is a blend of straight rye whiskey, straight bourbon whiskey, and blended malt scotch whiskey. Thanks, Ted in the future. Why didn't you tell me that before? Okay, so what I'm going to say with this one is... As I'm, I'm probably not expecting you to guess what the distillery is. Oh, good. That takes the pressure off. Yes. What, what I want you to do, though, is tell me, tell me what you think of the spirit and, and sort of guess, yeah, give it your best guess of what you think it is. Ted's found something really weird and he's getting me to drink it <laughs> on the microphone again. This is, the, this is the way that Ted plays Mystery Whiskey. I occasionally well, give him uh, something that he might be able to recognise, and occasionally he does, but most of the time he fails to recognise the Starwood. Um, <laughs> God damn it. But it's Ted, the bane of my existence. <laughs> but Ted, uh, Ted goes and finds quinoa whiskey and, and puts me on the spot. All right, then. I'll have a nose. Okay. I? Well, no, I'll have a look at it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a yellow verging on gold, but not quite reaching it. It is we. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be the ultimate uh, mystery <laughs> whiskey torture. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure it's not we. Pretty sure it's not whiskey. No, it is whiskey. Um, but yes, no, some interesting floral yeah. notes coming through there. Well, the the reason I like to do these ones to you is you've you've got a very good palate and sense of sense of um, being able to work out different things, and you remember you remember different things you've had very well, and kind of make uh, yeah. in, intelligent guesses about stuff. Yeah, so. well, this is I can only use what I know, and what I know is that this is not a, a Speyside Scottish whiskey. In fact. I don't likely call it Scottish at all. It's more likely to be American or Australian at this stage, just from that first initial sniff. Mm-hmm. Floral, light, spice and fairy floss. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's got a, a new world edge, but also like some of the sort of um, Canadian sort of rye okay. floral notes alongside that. And the more I smell it, though, there's more of a dark edge, dark undertone coming through. Okay. The dark side is coming through, and it's probably quite... Is it saying, I'm Batman? <laughs> no, but it might be saying, I am your father. Oh, no, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, I, I find that like the funky sort of, uh, even peaty notes sometimes take a while to come through when the bottle's freshly open. Yeah. So, yeah, some of them might come through. But I'm not going to get much more from the nose. I can probably tell you what it's not, but I know when you're telling you what it is. That's quite sweet. Mm. Uh, pop puree. Um, flowered I'll, petals. I'll, I'll pay that. Petals, orange zest, mm. and yeah, the whole experience is very sweet. Mm. Um, this has got a weird cask type. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's very floral, isn't mm. it? Grandma could stick that in a drawer. <laughs> but yeah, no dessert wine cask from or oh, what grain? Because it could be a could be a blend. 
I'm not convinced it's entirely malt. It could be, but there's so much going on. I reckon it could be could be a number of grains going on there. Mm. What what would you normally associate those um, sweet flavors with? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I'm associating the sweet flavors with the um, with the cask type. Some of it is Canadian rye that I've been fooled by before, but it's sweeter again than that. So, yeah. So, at my best guess, I, I'm probably still going to say it's something Australian. It's a mixed mash bill, and it's in a dessert wine cask, and it could be from New South Wales. You are exactly wrong with everything. Wrong with everything. Yeah. No. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's it, it's a bit, bit tricky. Hold on. Shut shut your eyes for a minute. I just want right. to remind myself of. The- oh, shall we do geography? Um, is it American? Yes. 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 Well, that was. I mean, I did say before that was my other, my other area. I just assume that you're more likely to access something mm-hmm. in Australia. Can I open my eyes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Excellent. Um, so, um, American of some sort, but it's not a mixed mash bill. So it's a single. It's a straight. Like, is it? Is it a malt? Let's check in the box again. Eyes shut again. To to that, I answer again. Yes. <laughs> you think it's a malt? No, I I I know that it's a malt. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> But but it might be lying. No, <laughs> no, it's it, it's a little more complex than that. You know that it's a malt, but it's more complex than the fact that it is just a malt. Yes, excellent. All right, shall we move on to cask type then? With that uh, <laughs> unhelpful uh, bit of a. I don't I don't know that I can actually tell you that much about maybe all the casks that's in there. Right. So it's not the cask making it sweet. It's not the grain making it sweet. Is it some weird process in the... No, like, not really. Is it like a ultrasound matured... No, I can tell you that it's not wanker whiskey. <laughs> is it? Is it just like a, a, a stave matured big no, 600... No, it is, it, is it is definitely not that. Has it got like essences in it or something? Is that why it's so sweet? I, I, I actually honestly don't know why it's, it's so sweet. I feel there's something complicated that I'm missing. Mm. Um, is the impression I'm getting from from these clues that I've not really had a yeah. directed in any direction? I well, this is part of the problem because I would say actually that you've had a lot of things right. <laughs> well, yeah. In that case, do I like it? Is the only thing that I could answer. I'm not sure that I love it, but I'm very intrigued by it. I quite enjoy being fascinated by it. Um, yeah, I think. Probably worthy of a second dram. Mm. Um, is it worthy of a third? I've actually run out, Ted, so if I'm going to analyse any more, you might have to pour me another drop. I will say that, as, as I said, you are, you are actually right on a lot of things, and that's for a very interesting reason. You are right that it's from America, but you were entirely right that it's from America. You're, you, you, did, uh, you did mention single malt, mm. but you weren't right that it was American single malt or, or American malt. You did actually mention rye in there, yeah, which was right. Yeah, well, I mean, well, no, it's not. If it's a malt, then it's not. As I said, <laughs> you, you're you're right on right on a number of things. So, this is High West. So High High West is is generally a bourbon producer from Utah, actually, not not somewhere that we often think about um, making bourbons, but not at all. Yeah, yeah, Utah. So this is this is a bottle of theirs called the Campfire, and now it is in fact it's a blend. So you also said you were wondering about it being a blend. It's a blend of straight rye whiskies, straight bourbon whiskies, and 
blended malt scotch whiskies. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't at all sure, and I know there is a bit of peated stuff in there as well. Because what I um, read uh, off um, when I was sort of looking it up, um, it was mentioned a bit of, uh, and it says on the back here, smoky undertones of peated scotch, scotch, quintessential American bourbons and spicy rice. So I was I was never quite sure exactly like is it going to taste like it's weird like really like it's bourbon, but then there's then there's a uh, scotch. It actually turns out it's quite a quite an intermingled. So when I said it's a mixed mash bill, uh, even though I'm not technically correct, yeah. I, I couldn't have got a couldn't have got too much close to the point. Yeah, as I said, I couldn't have. I, I was never sure exactly like how split it was going to be. I was I was kind of hoping that it was it was going to be like it's bourbon. No, but but it it, it it's single malt. But no, it's it's. Bourbon. It's bourbon because of that sweetness. But yeah. I mean, like I said, rye when I initially started mm. yeah. tasting and it. Yeah, so. you were bang on with that too. Mm. But um, yeah, no, I, I I plump with Australian just because I, I thought it was more likely that you'd find something from here. But um, yeah, no, um, I can completely see it being from from the United States. It's sweet because it's corn. Mm. That's the um the bourbon side. See, I th- I think that people people who are bourbon drinkers would find this confusing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't taste like bourbon. Yeah, it's, it's something, <laughs> and yet it kind of does. It kind of, do, and that's that's the point. It, it kind of does, but it's got this weirdness to it, which yeah. which was yeah, which you, you didn't. Why you didn't just go straight away? Oh, it's it's a bourbon. Mm. You you pick you picked rye. You kind of picked bourbon. You kind of like wavering there, but it's. I respect all your um, comments in there. I think you did a really good job. Um, but yeah, um, Utah as well. Really interesting. Um, mm. That they've uh, got some spirits. Ah, oh, that, that's why that's why it's a marriage of more than one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we should end it there because that's the best call of the night and I can't top that. I will just say this this particular one that we're drinking is batch number 22F29. But yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> you win the episode. <laughs> Hi Nicholas, I... Ted's fishing in his bag, I'm pretty excited. I am fishing in my bag. I'm fishing in my bag for something quite small. <laughs> it's, it's not what it sounds like. What is he fishing for? Oh, it is quite small. It oh, is. it's Nicker. It's Nicker from, Nicker from I, the so barrel. I, I, I said to... I sent you a message the other night, actually. Um, and I said, oh, God, it's been ages since I've pulled it off my shelf, but the Nicker from the barrel is so good. Mm. I'm hoping I'm going to be right again here. Yeah, well... I mean, in terms of Japanese whiskies that we can regularly drink or have been able to regularly drink throughout our time as, as whiskey drinkers, I don't think there's a better one. I know that there is better Japanese whiskies I've had like once or maybe twice. The Yoichi that you've got is pretty special. But in terms of a reliable Japanese whiskey, this would have to be have to be up there. This is going We're not to the taste... only ones that think that. I was partly thinking about my comment about uh, any... Um... Any Japanese whiskey with a age statement. Mm. This one doesn't have an age statement. Exactly. And as you said, it's something that we've loved over the years. It's hard. It's hard to find something better. It's a fairly reasonable price. I will say it's a five hundred mil bottle. Yep. Not a seven hundred mil. But what a five hundred mil bottle! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. You just can't believe that this bottle fits five hundred mils in it. Yeah, it's tiny little. Uh... It's, it's tiny. not quite pocket size because it is quite square, but it is, yeah. Yeah. Well, dinky, it, dinky little bottle. That rectangular shape, 
um, oblongular cuboid, as we like to say (laughs) around Whiskey Waffle. It's been too long since we busted that one out. Um, It's got shoulders to it. Yeah. It Power fits. shoulders. It's a, it's the TARDIS of the um mm. of the whiskey bottle world. Yeah, and the lid on the top is the flushing light. Yeah, <laughs> and it's bigger on the inside because the spirit inside is is really tasty. Yeah. So I've got a couple of questions, Ted. Yep. Um, um, Hibiki Harmony. You've had it once or twice. I have. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if you remember it well it enough has, to judge? It has but more facets to the bottle it than does. this one. Oh, it's a. You know, we talk about this wonderful little bottle that Hibiki Harmony is, is beautiful as well. But is it better liquid than this? I don't know. I haven't had it recently enough yeah, to actually... I've got a bottle and I've drunk most of it. It's, it is tasty, but I say this edges it just slightly. Yep. Yamazaki 12. Where does that compare to this? Not as good, I don't think. I don't think it's good either. Yeah. Hakshu? Distillers or... Yeah, look, different. Hakshu is a much um, sharper, lighter spirit than mm. this. Oh, yeah, I still think I prefer this. Mm. Yeah, maybe the the Oichi um, definitely definitely holds its own, but uh, yeah, there's some fantastic Japanese whiskies, but this one really really stands up. Only question, Ted, is it Japanese whiskey? Not entirely. <laughs> I mean, we've we've already been playing silly buggers this episode with the High West. Mm. This this is exactly the same concept, but substitute America for Japan. Yeah. So I believe that. Uh, the spirit, the Scottish spirit that goes into the nicker from the barrel is from my arch nemesis. Oh, it's uh, Ben Nevis, is that? Yep, Ted. Yeah. Yep. Pretty certain that Ben Nevis is the donor for the um, Scottish component. But um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea what contribution that makes to it, but um, mm. I still really like the, the whiskey, but um, it doesn't remind me of Ben Nevis at all. Mm. Perhaps not the same as those Japanese whiskies I've compared it to, and that's an unfair comparison, but certainly not. Not a Scotch whiskey either. I think this is just something special in its own category and something that us whiskey drinkers just can just enjoy. Ah, you know, that is actually really refreshing to end off the evening. Mm. It's just got this really light, it's it's slightly sweet, but it's, it's just really juicy, juicy malty. and elegant, light. It lifts the spirits. Mm. More ways than one. Yeah. Well... Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. It's been a lot of fun. We're a little bit out of practice, Teddy Boy and I. We, um, yeah, need to do a little bit more regular recording over the next little while. I don't know when we'll find the time. Oh, yeah, it's very busy at the moment. Yes, yes, indeed. But, um, yeah, we've got together on a Sunday night just just to drink some whiskey before a, a big week ahead, although yeah. it was the end of a massive week for me and the start of a, a, another big week for Ted. So Yeah, I don't think my big weeks really stopped, so it's just a continuation yeah, of it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you once again for tuning mm. in and uh, sticking with us over these um, long months when we've been sort of dipping in and out of holidays and different uh, bits and pieces. But it's good to um, good to bring something fun to talk about, like a little top five tonight. So make yeah. sure you do send us your, your own top five. Yes. I hope that you're all frothing and raging about it and are ready to tell us exactly what you think. Yes. Uh, we're ready for it. And, um, you know, don't take it personally when we block you. No, <laughs> Um, no, we, we absolutely love it. We'll probably make a hero of you and you'll be the next tea trout. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I think we should wrap things up. Um, I have been Nick. I have been Ted. Yes. And I have not been Ted. And I have not been Nick, but we have both been Whiskey Whiskey Waffle. Waffle. Keep on waffling everyone. And good night.
Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. And it was it was an act of a desperate man. It, it was definitely a bad decision at the end of the day. <laughs> and yet people drink it all the time!